You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron and with me as always is Brian. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, it's starting to get close to lunchtime, so... yeah. I start my, you know, I might start getting hangry here. You know, but you start getting hangry at around 9 a.m. though, don't you? No, usually when my eyes open about 5.30. Okay, there you go. All right. And it just continues throughout the rest of the day? Until I close my eyes. You know, we we may have to deal with, does that include blinking? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm hangry through the blinking. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, So you may need to deal with a... uh, you know, we may have to deal with a gospel-centered approach to eating. We may have to at do some that. point. You know, I, I think I, I was. I thinking, mean, the short answer is eat to the glory of God. Exactly. First um, <laughs> Corinthians ten thirty. Yeah, One. that's right. That's right. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And um, don't be hangry. And don't be hangry because that's hard to do to the glory of God. Exactly. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. No. no. Um, you know. We, in, a, in just a few weeks, uh, a lot of people who are using the Gospel Project every week are going to be brushing up against some pretty tough stuff because we are uh, coming up on the judges. Yes. And the judges are, as, uh, as we all know, some of the darkest stories and passages of, of all of Scripture. I mean, aside from the minor prophets, um, you know, wow. Um, you know, and, you know, Second Kings, sweet Christmas, but uh, <laughs> um, but there's a, but I mean it's it's a place where we are constantly brushing up against and being confronted by um, the depths of human sinfulness again and again and again throughout these books and um, and that means that our kids are going to be. Um, be dealing with this as well. And also, and not just our, not just our elementary age kids, but our preschoolers as well. And so we thought, you know, since we're coming up on a, uh, touchy series of, of sessions, um, in the gospel project that it would be wise to invite our friend and coworker and teammate, Karen Jones, um, who is our preschool content editor for the Gospel Project? Um, onto the show. Hi, Karen. Hey, it's an honor to be here with you guys. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> honor. I mean, you work with us. But we appreciate you, work you with being us. here. You, you know what it's like. I do, but that seemed like the right thing to say. You know, it was very kind. Um, Brian, that is very you. Yeah. Brian will uh, will give you something later. But, you know, a hearty high five or something. <laughs> um, I have chocolate at my desk for bribes. So. Chocolate is much better than high five. That's true. That's true. Depends on the person, but uh, I prefer it too. Anyway, um, so so we're gonna we're gonna talk through through this. I mean, Karen, I know that um, teaching preschoolers is really close to your heart. Um, You know, you have been you know hyper engaged on that front for for you know a very long time with the Gospel Project, Mm -hmm. Um, and you have had the joy of um addressing a lot of a, a lot of concerns over over the years working on working with us on the we team sure have, karen yes. how you've been five years 
Um, yeah, actually, March 1st will be my five-year yeah, anniversary. And even before that, when I was on church staff, we were early adopters of the Gospel Project, so we started using it back when it released in fall of 2012. So, there yeah, you go. There you veteran. go. So yeah. you've been using it from the beginning. I have, That's yes. fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, and uh, well, happy, happy uh, fifth anniversary Thank by you. the time this airs. Yes. So very cool. So uh, so let's start with um, let's start with a you know nice softball question here. <laughs> Why should we be teaching these books? To kids at all? Why do they need to hear these? Why do preschoolers need to hear stories like um, Samson and yeah. Gideon and... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, absolutely, they need to hear these stories. I think the biggest thing, too, is to just to know that, like, the Bible is for all people, um, and that includes preschoolers. And, um, you know, we don't want to shy away from any stories that are in it because the Lord wants to teach them something through each one of them. Um, so our goal is to make them, um, just to present them in a way that's age appropriate. Um, yeah, just to get them exposed at an early age. So yeah, we want to make sure that they hear all the stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times what I hear from people and you've heard this too is, mm-hmm. is, well, we can, we can, talk about the story of scripture, we can introduce preschoolers to Jesus and those safer issues. Really, Samson, mm-hmm. um, when you think about him and, and what he did, why, why do we feel that's necessary? Why can't we just skip that story? What, mm-hmm. What's redeemable, if you will, about the story of Samson for a preschooler, for example? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that I've seen just working through the curriculum is helping you know preschoolers to see you know that God had a plan from the very beginning, and he is working out his plan, and he uses people, imperfect people to mm. do it. So you look at Samson, who you know he made a lot of very poor decisions, <laughs> um, sinful it's decisions. Very tactful, yeah, of you. yeah. He was uh, a man who got hangry. Yeah, beyond hangry. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and so anyway, um, yeah. So we wanted we want preschoolers to see how God. His nothing stops his plan. Even when people do wrong things, mm-hmm. he's still working out his plan. Um, and two, just to see how um, you know we have someone better in Jesus. When we yeah. look at the examples in the Bible um, of these um, different people throughout um, the Bible stories that we cover, um, we always can point to how much Jesus is better. And Samson is a very great example of that. Jesus is, is far better than Samson, yes. So if we don't if we don't cover these stories, we're really withholding some key teachings. Yes, some, I think so. Some key gospel truths. For sure. And that's yes. what makes it worth. Mm-hmm. And it is a struggle. It's a struggle from Absolutely. our team's perspective yeah. to, to mm-hmm. craft these sessions. It really is, for sure. Yeah, and we, you know, we definitely sympathize with our leaders and our teachers that this is not an easy thing to do. Um, so we want to equip them to do it as best as they possibly can. Is our goal to do that? Yeah. So yeah. And the win that we have in mind is is what drives us. That we understand. And Karen, you and I, we, we share a similar story of, mm-hmm. of having you know been around the church for quite a while and grown up under the lens of biblical moralism. Yes, for sure. And, and I learned the story of Samson as a kid, mm-hmm. not through a, a gospel lens, but through a behavior modification yes, lens. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so we're concerned about that. Did you want to speak yeah, on that Yeah, definitely. From your- yeah. So yeah, I, I grew up, um, I don't think it was ever like my church's intention, oh, we're going to raise up these moralistic little kids. Um, but just I think that the way... Um, 
you know, teaching these stories to children is hard. And so you try to look for um, just the little nugget um, that you can relate to. And so, I mean, it's really easy to look at that story and be like, wow, Samson did some really sinful stuff. You don't need to do that. Yeah. You don't want to be like Samson. Um, and but what that you're really missing, um, showing people, showing children how beautiful Jesus is. And so um, I, I know just that through my upbringing, I lived um, just a really just a low grade guilt all the time. You know, I never measured up. You know, God's mad at me all the time because mm-hmm. um, I'm not living up to His standard. Um, and so when I um, just got exposed to like that, what the gospel really is, it's not about what I've done, but what Jesus has done for me and what he's already done. It's not what I do and that I can rest in his work. You know, then I get to just, um, you know, see his beauty and see that Jesus yeah. kept the law perfectly on my behalf. And so for me, I... Um, I even remember like back when I was in seminary and had to interview children, it was like a little project for a class on, um, is it hard to be a Christian? Is it easy to be a Christian? And they just said, it's so hard. It's so hard to be good all the time. And I think back to that a lot. And I think back about how I just feel like the Lord has just made it my mission that I don't want kids to grow up like that. I want them to be able to um, lean in in the power that we have through the Spirit, you know, that Jesus kept the law for us. And now because he did that, he gives us his spirit and he, the spirit is what helps us to obey, um, you know, and just, and really just enjoy living the Christian life. I, I don't want kids to grow up discouraged yeah. and, um, yeah, like I did. So that's kind of been my mission. So, um, yeah, so I feel like as preschoolers, man, do we have an opportunity to shape how their biblical worldview, they are just so moldable. Um, they're learning um, just new things every day. They're shaping views of how they see God, how they view the church. And if we can like help them to see that it's all about Jesus, as we say around here, um, from the very get-go, I mean, how is that just going to transform the trajectory of their life? Like, I just think about um, what will the Lord do through a child who is like depending on Jesus from the very yeah. get-go. So I just think that's exciting to think about. So, and when when we use the term biblical worldview, for example, yeah. we would we would supply a further definition that that means it's a gospel-centered worldview, yes, that a, a sure. true biblical worldview yes. is not just going to be understanding the stories like you and I grew up under mm-hmm. that thinking, yeah. but a true biblical worldview is is understanding that those stories all point us to Jesus and having a gospel-centered worldview. Yeah. And so, you know, I share that concern, I, again, having grown up in, in a similar story where mm-hmm. I believe that it was up to me to keep God yes. from being angry with me. Mm-hmm. And I had to be good enough to do that. And just a, a crushing weight, yes. which is why I almost walked away from the church wow. mm-hmm. um, as a college student. So that weight that I've I've experienced because I didn't see the gospel, the beauty of the gospel throughout all these stories. Mm-hmm. I learned Samson in isolation, like you suggested. Yeah. And as a father of three, man, my burden, I don't want my kids experiencing what I did. Yeah. And then even broader, as you just said, man, it's not just about my family, my kids, it's about all kids. Mm-hmm. So this is the heart that kind of drives us as a team. Absolutely. Um, if we had our other team members in here, I'm sure they would echo this, that mm-hmm. this is this is why we believe we kids, preschoolers even need to see from the full counsel of scripture. Yes, absolutely. This truth. We don't want them suge- we don't want to suggest accidentally that this is only true, the gospel is only true for parts of scripture. Mm-hmm. 
And then it's kind of like my, my parents' dining room growing up. I don't know why, but I never was allowed in the dining room. I don't know what... It, why? I don't know. Mom, was it because yeah. you were a loud eater? Maybe. <laughs> it was that hangriness. It was that hangriness. Mm. But the dining room yeah. was an off-limits room. It was only for Thanksgiving and Christmas and so forth. And so I didn't even walk through it. Our mm-hmm. house was structured where it could have been a shortcut to the kitchen. I never even went through it. It's just kind of off limits. Yeah. I don't want kids seeing parts of scripture like the dining room. Like, yeah. oh, Judges, that's, that's a book a I don't point. go into. Yeah. And then when they do explore it, they're trying to make sense of it. Yeah. I'd rather give them proactively mm-hmm. the full counsel scripture. It's here's the key. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. Well, and I even think even as like a teenager, I mean, I was scared to read Revelation because oh, yeah. I just heard so much about it. So, you know, obviously it's going to be a bit for people and suggest use dates before they get to Revelation. But we just want kids to not be afraid of any book of the Bible. We want them to see how every story points to Jesus and points to his goodness and how he's better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we do that appropriately? (laughs) It is a challenge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will say that. So um, I think the approach that we've taken here with the Gospel Project is um, we we never want to change Scripture. So we want to be like as accurate as we can to like what the Bible actually says. Um, mm. But in that, we try to just focus on the facts. Um, so like when you have a tough story like Samson, I mean, there's a ton of violence. Um, I just try to touch it matter of factly. This is the way it is. But then I'm quickly trying to move to the hope, yes. um, how Jesus is better. Um, so I think um, you know, and two, like just traditionally in how we teach Bible stories, we tend to camp out on just um, the details of the story. Um, I don't, I'm not so much worried about them being able to answer a bunch of review questions about Samson when they leave the room, um, but I want them to see how Jesus is better than Samson um, and how that story points me to Jesus. Um, so I, I think that we, we give them the facts, we don't shy away from it, um, but we never ever leave them without hope. Um, so that's what I always want to move to when I teach. And two, you just have to use wisdom in it. You know, you have to trust that, um, you know, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit of God and ask him to help you um, as you teach. And two, um, you know your kids. And so you just want to be um, careful in how you present it and just be aware of the room. You know, you know, we're trying to make a curriculum that's for a really broad audience. I mean, we have, you know, churches in other countries using this curriculum. So it just so many different contexts people come from. And so we want to make sure that, yeah. yeah that. That's one thing I, as I read my, my role mm-hmm. is, is I read all the content, all the different age groups uh, from babies and toddlers all the way up through adults. And my role is to speak into it and make mm-hmm. sure that we, as best I can, that make sure that we're addressing the gospel issues and doing so in an age appropriate way and so mm-hmm. forth. And so that's one thing when I'm reading preschool, for example, what you just said, Karen, is so important. And and I've I've, I've pointed this out to people when when I've received some concerns and so forth about sessions like Samson or some of the minor prophets and so mm-hmm. forth. I, I will explain what you just did. Hey, we, we have to be faithful to scripture. We can't say that Cain hurt Abel, for example. Mm-hmm. That's not being authentic and accurate to the scriptures. But what we do is, so in the story time, we're going to be very accurate. Mm-hmm. But notice the cadence away from that and the rhythm that you have in the say portions, what mm-hmm. we suggest a leader say. Yeah, It's not over and over again, hey, look, Samson took the, the, the jawbone <laughs> of a donkey and, and killed a bunch of people, yeah. say that 10 times throughout the session. It's that hope. It's let's move beyond that. We have to understand that. We have to be authentic to the story and the scriptures. And that is how we understand the truth, the beauty of the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. So we have to get on the radar that, hey, Samson was a loser. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and this is why. But sure. we don't keep banging that drum. Look how much Samson was a loser. Look what he did. Yeah. Look what he did. It's mm-hmm. look who Christ is. That's yeah. the cadence mm-hmm. throughout a session right. that you notice. Well, and with yeah. that, too, um, there is, with that desire to take Scripture seriously and just just say what it says, mm-hmm. um, That is that goes back to helping kids see the see the value and the and the purpose of scripture as a whole mm-hmm. too i mean deuteronomy oh, yeah, so deuteronomy true. 6 yeah. talks yes. about parents teaching their teaching their kids um you know else like paul talked about teaching the full counsel of, uh, mm-hmm. of god and um and and those that's very important because kids need need to not have a truncated bible they need yes. to know what it says for, and take it at its word yeah, that's so true. And I know one of our goals with the Gospel Project is um, teaching that grand narrative of redemption through all the Bible. And if we're picking and choosing which stories we're teaching, you know, we're missing some of that full view of that. So, right. yeah, absolutely. And, and that just is a is a good side note for why we keep why we keep doing new versions of the Gospel Project yeah, every three yeah. years. Yes, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you use the the term picking and choosing. Well. Of course we do that. We yeah. have to for a three-year study plan. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're going to spend 47 years in the <laughs> Old Testament. For sure. Um, and so your kids your kids are going to be grandparents by the time <laughs> they are done. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's fun. I love to tell my class because um, we just started the third cycle. So we're yeah. only in, um, like, I think the second unit. But it's fun to, like, talk to them. Guess how old you'll be when we get back to Revelation? You know, you'll be three years older. So That's it's right. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so we strive we strive to craft sessions that are that are age appropriate. Yeah. Um, one other thing that we strive to do is use age appropriate language for sure. Yeah. Um, explaining things like sin, we will we will usually use the phrase making wrong choices, for example. Yeah. So we try mm-hmm. to use age appropriate language and and then of course the activities that are there not just to pass time but to reinforce yeah, the sure. truths. We want to we want to develop age appropriate learning activities for this. Mm-hmm. So that's what we strive to do. Yeah. And um, and again, our team takes this seriously. Uh, we have outside appraisal readers yes. that read our content to speak into us and give mm-hmm. us wisdom uh, because we don't want groupthink. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we 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 take this seriously. We understand the weightiness of this calling that God has given us that we're stewarding. Mm-hmm. His resource called the Gospel Project for the church. Yeah, but that's not it. Um, there, there's 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 another side of this equation. And that is the, the person who's using it. You intimated a minute ago, Karen. Yeah. Uh, but what can churches do? What can a leader do as he or she is leading her preschool class? Um, is, is there anything that they can do to help actually make sure this is age appropriate? And as they're navigating through stories like. Samson. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing um, to start with is like knowing your kids. You know, mm-hmm. you have them week after week. Um, and just knowing, you know, kind of how they're going to take things. A lot of times as I'm working on the curriculum, you know, I'm thinking about specific kids in my class. I'm picturing me saying this in front of my class mm. and what their little faces would look like. <laughs> um, and two, I think um, another thing is just coaching parents, you know, because ultimately parents are the biblical um you know, the leaders of spiritual leaders over their children. And so just helping them catch a vision for, um, 
that gospel centrality that we're trying to teach through the gospel project, um, you really want them to be on board. Otherwise, you know, you may get some angry emails <laughs> from yeah. parents. And so you really want to coach them up on, you know, why we are teaching Definitely. these hard stories and honestly, and even teaching them how to teach them to their children. You know, we provide yep. um, a lot of, um, you know, ancil ancillary products with the gospel project that can help parents with that. Um, you know, and I know that just even on our activity pages, you know, we have questions for families to discuss, but helping them to, again, not camp out on the gory details, but see how this points to the larger picture of redemption through the Bible. Yeah. 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 So if I could just echo, I just affirm that and say, mm -hmm. man, again, knowing your kids and not being afraid to customize. Yeah, for sure. If there's one thing that I would want every ministry leader and teacher to understand, it's this, that you are not called to teach the Gospel Project. Mm -hmm. you're, you're called to teach the Bible, and the Gospel Project is a tool yes. that we hope is very helpful, of course. Mm -hmm. But no, it, just because we put a say portion in there doesn't mean you have to say it like that or even say it at all. You, yeah. you know your kids. You, you know mm -hmm. your preschoolers. You know what they need. Yeah. And so... You know, there may be something else there that you know would would speak to them that they need to hear, or you know, we try to be age appropriate, and your kids, you may know a different way to yeah. be even more age appropriate. So to customize, make it your own, do what's best for your context. Yeah, and I I would definitely suggest previewing the videos. You know, oh, like yeah. if you think that, um, you know, I I yeah, if you think a video. If you anticipate a story is going to be tough and you're thinking about your kids, I just would really suggest um, watching the videos ahead of time. And two, you know, there's a reason we have a preschool video and a kids video. Yeah. So I would really caution um, on those tough stories in particular against using the kids video with your preschoolers because, um, you know, we really do make quite a few changes um, to make it more age appropriate for preschoolers. There's something about a video. You've got the visual, you've got the audio happening. Um, this is just different. So and don't be afraid if you think, you know, I, I don't think this is going to work well for my kids. Don't be afraid to tell yep. the story. You know, we provide the storytelling tips in the margin um, to give you some ideas on making the story like come alive for your preschoolers, make it more engaging. Um, and, you know, too, there's something special about just good old fashioned yep. storytelling. So don't be afraid to use that, too. So, yep. yeah. And then also, again, partnering with mm -hmm. with parents, you know, I think oh, yeah. it's so wise to uh, to give heads up. Mm -hmm. um, hey, if you, as a ministry leader or a teacher, if you believe that there's going to be some sensitive subject matter and and you're even concerned at all, I think, yeah. man, there's a good, there's wisdom in sending out an email to parents beforehand and say, hey, this week we're going to talk about, I think you should be doing that in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but especially in those and say, that we just want you to know we're going to be talking about, and here's why. And yeah. so just know in advance. Mm -hmm. uh, that way you're not having a parent blindsided. Yeah. And as you said, man, coach those parents. That's that's mm -hmm. a big role of, yeah. of, of ministry leaders that we are are called to partner with parents in their role as primary disciplers. So any chance we can get to equip them, it's it's a win. So to help them understand how to have these conversations, how do you navigate yeah. a conversation um, with a child about violence in general? Mm -hmm, for sure. Uh, you're going to come... You, the cross was a violent act. Yeah. So we can't escape violence mm -hmm. as we teach the Bible to kids and preschoolers. Yeah. They don't they can't escape violence in our culture. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. This is another thing I, I think for for parents to understand, our kids are not these innocent, bubble-wrapped mm -hmm. preschoolers that we might want them to be. And I would argue we should not want them to be. We're actually doing them more harm than good, mm -hmm. and we're not seeing them through a gospel lens, yeah. Yeah. innocent. 
but we kind of want to insulate them and we mm -hmm. can't do that. And if yeah. you try to do that, you're, you're not helping them proactively give them the solution to all these things. So how do you handle violence? How do you handle hate? Yeah. You go down the list. Mm -hmm. um, how do you handle identity? We're yeah. seeing that in our culture today, especially. Mm -hmm. So coaching parents how to have these challenging yeah. conversations. Yeah, yeah, I think that's huge for sure. Yeah, kids are exposed to far worse things than <laughs> they're going to hear um, in a Bible story from, mm -hmm. yeah, week to week, um, just out and about. You know, even just with the kids that they're, you know, in preschool with or, you know, go to school with, things they see on the playground, um, things they may overhear on the evening news. Yeah. Um, we just want to equip them to um, handle those. I, I just think that, you know, we kind of have a generation coming up now that we're really, um, you know, kind of parented by the helicopter parents, you know, that kind of overprotected their kids. And, you know, they're having a hard time dealing with life. And so we want to um, raise up a generation that, you know, isn't afraid of those hard things um, because they know that God is greater, you know, and that God's in control of all of it. So, yeah. Good word. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that might actually be a great place for us to wrap up this conversation. Um, so, Karen, thank you so much yeah, for joining for us. This me. was really helpful. It was fun. Yeah. Really encouraging. And <laughs> listeners, I hope you find it find it as helpful as we did and do. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah. Um, do all you can. Prepare your prepare yourself. Prepare your parents. Prepare your ministry for um, for those tough stories that are so important. Um, but that show us how amazing Jesus is. Um, so if uh, there is a topic or question you want us to discuss on a future episode of the Hero of the Story, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at thegospelproject at lifeway.com or uh, reach out to us on um, one of the various social media platforms that uh, we are on. Um, and uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.